Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. It is time for another Friday podcast. I hope that everybody had a great week. It is April 26th. We are wrapping up the month and there is a lot going on. We have a lot going on. But uh, first up on the agenda is Microsoft's Build Conference is in roughly 10 days. And if you're not doing anything on Tuesday, Tuesday of that week, I believe it's May 7th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Pine Box we're having a meetup, and if that meetup doesn't work for you, well, then you can come find us at Shift Happens, which is happening in June in Washington, D.C., and we'll be having a meetup there as well. But it uh, looks like the build meetup is happening at Pine Box, 7 to 9 p.m., and uh, we'll be tweeting and, and doing all that good stuff. But uh, let's dive into the news, shall we? Because it was a big week of news. Uh, Microsoft announced their earnings this week, revenues of $30.6 billion and net income of $8.8 billion. Microsoft put a lot of money back into the bank. On the Azure side, revenue grew 73%. Their enterprise mobility suite uh, grew 53% to over 100 million seats. Microsoft's enterprise side of their business is very healthy and continues to do very well. Over 180 million active commercial customers of Office 365. Surface revenue came in at $1.3 billion, which is $230 million more than the same quarter from a year ago. And gaming revenue was $2.363 billion, with Xbox Live active users pegged at $63 million, which is up $4 million from the same quarter uh, uh, previously year. And all this news drove Microsoft's valuation to be over a trillion dollars. That is, they're not the first company to do that. Apple and Amazon have done that, and Microsoft now joins that club. Um, but that's just a market capitalization. It's not, nobody's buying Microsoft because that's the cost it would take to buy them. But, you know, it's a, it's a mile marker on the road of history, if you will. One thing I do want to point out that Microsoft highlighted is that they have three core businesses. They have productivity and business processes. They have intelligent cloud, and they also have more personal computing. These are the three major buckets of Microsoft's organization about how they, they categorize all their stuff. And each one roughly does $10 billion in revenue. It's just kind of a nice slice that shows how Microsoft is more than just one product or one service. They have a very wide scheme of services, software, hardware, and all that stuff that generates, quite frankly, a lot of money. So Microsoft, another healthy quarter for them, and uh, which means they'll be around for another quarter, which means we can keep doing what we are doing today. Um, other things happening in the world of Microsoft, uh, Paint, which has been in Windows for a couple decades now, was kind of on the chopping block. They said, hey, this may not ship forever, and now they've kind of reversed course and said, hey, actually, Paint will, because why would they get rid of Paint? Paint is a staple of Windows, much like the Start button and the File Explorer and that blue little E, which they never want to get rid of. I don't know why they even contemplated that, probably for Paint 3D, but that wasn't a smart move. And then Sets... Sets has been the thing that they've teased and showed off and let us played with and then took it away and it's dead. It's dead. It, it might come back in some other shape or form, but the version we knew as Sets is not coming back anytime soon. And Microsoft is going to try to work on something else to bring that functionality to Windows. We don't know when or where it will show up, but just know that if you're waiting for that, go buy Groupie instead from uh, Stardock. It's 10 bucks. It gives the exact same functionality and you can do it today, quite frankly. Um, else things happening around the world. Apple is now fixing their plagued keyboards in the store to try to get that turnaround time a little bit faster. Nothing says we know we have a problem like trying to turn the product around faster because they're getting such uh, high repair volumes. And so I'm honestly hoping, well, realistically, I think there's going to be a class action lawsuit around this because it's clear that they are flawed. Apple's tried to fix it multiple times and it doesn't really appear to be working. And so, yeah. 
Um, Google Fit, if you are a Wear OS user, you can now use that on iOS. I don't know why this took so long, but I guess they probably figured that most people wearing using Wear OS are probably using an Android device. Not a bad assumption, but for those people who float between iOS and Android devices, you can now take that data and use it everywhere. That, that's, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, overall, Microsoft Service Hub is still out there, right? Uh, we've gotten a lot of questions about its availability. I'm telling you it's coming in June. If you're looking to buy one, you need to be on that now. Um, I don't know the pricing. This is probably the biggest question is what is the pricing of just the display? Because remember, Microsoft said in their in their keynote, well, I don't know if this is in the keynotes, but definitely in the press releases that you'll be able to buy this thing without the compute module inside of it, just the display. I don't know the pricing. I've asked Microsoft and they haven't come back yet, but it's not going to be cheap. Don't think you're going to pick one up for a thousand bucks or even 2000. I bet it's honestly probably around five to 6,000 would be my bet. That would be my bet, just because you think about the cost of everything else. Like the compute stuff isn't all that expensive. A thousand bucks for Core i5, 128 gigs of storage, uh, eight gigs of RAM. Can't be all that expensive. Everything is in the display, the functionality, and it's an enterprise class device at the end of the day. So just keep all that in mind. On the gaming side, a lot going on in that. Uh, Sony said in their, their earnings statement that, hey, uh, rumors of the PlayStation launching in the spring, those aren't true. They said that PlayStation, the next generation PlayStation, I should say, is more than a year away, likely hinting towards a fall or holiday release, which is kind of what I've been expected, but because they pushed out these specs in the spring, people were thinking maybe, maybe that's the start. It's like, it's going to be, nope, it's not going to be a year from that. It's going to be more than a year. It's going to launch roughly the same time as Microsoft's next generation consoles. And so we've got that. On the Nintendo side, uh, Nintendo was rumored, well, is still rumored to be launching a lower cost Switch. Their sales were slightly down uh, on the hardware, not quite meeting expectations, but they're not in trouble, I don't think, by any capacity. But they did shoot down the rumor that they are going to announce a lower cost Switch at E3. They explicitly said that is not happening. That is not happening. So if you've been holding out for that, it's not off the agenda. It's just not happening at E3. And then Microsoft this week uh, detailed out update version 1905 for the Xbox One that comes with Play Later. This is a new feature that allows Game Pass subscribers to make a list of games they wish to play in the future. And now you can play them and you can do all this from the mobile app and all that good stuff. So that just kind of makes it easier to manage a really good thing. Uh, where your friends are playing, your friends list will now show where your friends are playing, meaning Xbox, PC, or mobile new, using new icons. Just a little bit more detail so you know that if you can hop in with them. But I do think that this is kind of expanding that... Um, possibility of right it's going to be xcloud type stuff showing about where the person is gaming what type of device that way you know what the platform are on whether or not you can jump in with them and all that good stuff um, there's a new message request feature in xbox live that prioritizes messages from your friends and anyone else that you explicitly want to communicate with and there's better sortings of my games and apps so not a major update nothing crazy but it's just that continuous cycle of adding new features to the platform that you already have to make it just a little bit better and Mike, I don't, they're going to keep doing this. And that's what Microsoft does. Microsoft is made a living off of quite literally shipping, shipping software updates. And so that is not going to end anytime soon. So that's a real quick nutshell of some of the major stuff this week. There's some really good questions, which is why I want to dive into them right now. And one of them I peeked at a little bit earlier um, from, let me refresh the page here. Let me refresh the page. Da, da, da. The first one comes from Michael Martinez because he asked a very interesting question and I tried to dive into it as best as we could, but we don't quite know the answer yet. It says, in Amazon's quarter, they announced that AWS is roughly 13% of the company's earnings. I know that Microsoft is slightly more complex 
with how they convey numbers. If you had to guess what percentage of Microsoft is now Azure, this is a great question because Microsoft has a business org called More Personal Computing. For To set the record here, I believe I cut it out. Let me make sure I've got it. Yep. Yeah. So AWS, which is Amazon, Amazon Web Service Platform, uh, did $7.7 billion in revenue. Now, the question is, how does that compare to what Microsoft is doing? Well, Microsoft has a thing. Uh, they have their their intelligent cloud, which is $9.7 billion. Well, you can't, those aren't quite comparable. Microsoft intentionally made it uh, intelligent cloud because it includes things that aren't quite Azure that they put into cloud services. It's a very IBM-ish type move that makes their number look larger than Amazon. Now, if I had to guess, looking at what Microsoft actually does, I bet that their cloud revenue is somewhere between three and $5 billion. So that is where I would put it, which is roughly maybe 10% of their total revenue, somewhere around there. Um, the, the reason why it's not a higher number is because Microsoft made a lot of money from Windows, made a lot of money from everything else. They made $30 billion, and they are making billions from their cloud services. But their specific Azure, I would peg somewhere between three and five based on percentages of market share. We know how much Amazon makes. And keep in mind that's on a per quarter basis or on an annualized basis, somewhere between, you know, 12 and 20 billion, uh, which is a large number. I totally get that. But that's that's the best we got until Microsoft explicitly makes it a line item, which I wonder at what point that actually becomes material and they have to explicitly call that out probably not too far away, but one of the things that's holding them back is they don't want it to come out and be like, oh, and then people are going to be saying, hey, Microsoft makes half the revenue of Amazon in their Azure space. Hmm. Well, yep. I mean, that, that's kind of what they're dealing with. So, uh, Rykot says, any more news on the second gen Xbox Elite controller? I want to buy one, but have been waiting for the second gen, hoping that they fix some of the issues, aka the peeling grips. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, it's right here. I mean, it's mine's still peeling. And I'll keep gluing it back together as long as they let me. I have not heard anything explicitly about the second gen Elite controller. The last roadmap that I saw did not have it on it, but that did not include the second half of 2019. So I don't think it's showing up in the first half. I can't promise that. Um, I just don't think it is. And so they could surprise us at E3 and announce something, but we will see what they have up their sleeve for the second half. If, if anything, I think you probably have to wait till the holiday season because that's when they announced the white controller. That's when the last generation one came available. So unfortunately, I don't know. An old Amiga user says, does Edge Beta change your thinking regarding to Windows Lite uh, will be like from a maintenance perspective? A few weeks back, you indicated to be more Windows-like than Chrome-like. So what he's talking about, Windows Lite is Microsoft's Chromebook OS competitor. I don't think this changes much. I mean, obviously it gives it a better browser, gives it better functionality, better all the good stuff that comes with Edgium, but it doesn't change the underlying OS. They aren't truly building an edge book, if you will yet, although that name doesn't sound terrible, to be honest, although they've got some baggage with edge because it didn't do very well. Uh, it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't change my, my opinion too much because the underlying components are still Windows. Uh, they're still working on this. I'm curious to see if they're going to announce it at build. There is concern that if they do announce it at build, it's going to dwarf all of the other announcements for the event. So it may not be coming at build. Um, we, we will see. We, we'll find out. So does it change my thinking? No, I still think Microsoft is heading down the right path. And I do think that Windows Lite is the long-term future of Windows, at least that's what they, Microsoft hopes as well, because they're building it that way, but it doesn't really fundamentally change the core structure of the OS. GameZone says, do you think Game Pass on PC will have as many games as Game Pass on Xbox? Should we be expecting identical libraries through the console when it comes to Game Pass? 
So that is a, a difficult question to answer only because it depends on what time frame you're talking about. When they launch it on day one, I don't expect it to be identical. Now, down the road, long term, I believe the intent is that it is identical, right? But I don't know when that is going to happen. It's it's dependent on game core and getting everything up and running to when Xbox games basically run on a PC the same as they do on a console. I, I've long heard that Microsoft had a vision that Xbox one day, very, you know, very broad blue sky thinking, that Xbox is essentially just an app where you can play games. And that's sort of where they're going if you think about it. If Xbox is just a software and sell, shell services, I'm not saying that they're ditching the console. Please don't, please don't write up that I'm, they're ditching that. They will, I believe they're going to be making consoles for a long time because they can make better consoles than just a, a traditional PC explicitly for gaming. But the idea being that anywhere you can run the Xbox app, then you can run Xbox games. That makes a lot of sense. And it also does very well for pitching um, developers to build things for their platform because it's like, hey, look, you just build it for Xbox and it runs on PC and it runs on the console and it runs on Xcloud and it runs in your browser and it runs on your phone. A uh, little theatrical too much there. But the idea is that Xbox is just a a destination and then Microsoft lets it run everywhere, right? And so they have a single destination and then those Xbox games run on every platform and gives Microsoft a much larger user base than just traditional consoles. So do not answer, but answer your question. I expect them at one point down the road to be identical. I don't think that they're going to launch that same day unless it is part of xCloud. So there you go. Uh, Delta Prime says, with Microsoft testing Xbox games running in Windows 10 earlier in this Windows Insider program with State of Decay, it seems to point towards the long rumor Windows 10 PCs becoming perfect, becoming Xboxes in the future. Do you believe that Microsoft would allow all Xbox games to run on Windows 10 or only a subset due to licensing? So key point there is licensing. I think going forward, it will become just part of the licensing agreement Microsoft will have. Like, hey, like if you, if you write it for the console, it's going to run on everywhere. Um, I, I can't see developers being too upset. The only caveat with that is when they have their own store. Think of, um, think of Fortnite, for example, right? It has to be sold on the console directly, but they also have their store on the PC. That might become some of the sticky points. But for developers that don't have their own store like that, um, I, I very much think it's going to be, you can play it on anything. That is, this is going to be part of the, the ongoing narrative that I talked about in the PC uh, next-gen next gaming PC analysis video that playing games is going to become a little bit more complicated on PC because imagine, is it in the Microsoft Store? Is it in the Xbox Store? Is it in uh, Steam? Is it in Origin? Is it in whatever? Uh, is it in, sold on Discord? There's a lot of storefronts on a PC as opposed to a console. And Grant, I'm not saying PC gaming is bad. It's just more complex and you have to know exactly what you're doing. But I do believe that Microsoft's intent is to bring all of the Xbox games to the PC because, again, it's better for ever. Like, what is the downside to that except for that minor thing where a developer has their own store? If you go to a developer and say, hey, look, you can make this game and it runs just on Xbox and there's, we'll say, 50 million Xbox Anacondas out there, whatever, pick your number. Or you can make it run on Xbox and PC. You have to do nothing different, nothing different, and it's available to 150 million people. I mean, why wouldn't you accept that? Why wouldn't you target that? Um, that is the, that is clearly the goal. Microsoft knows they're in a head-to-head -head fight with Sony, and Sony has a very big advantage. They have a very large install base, much larger than Xbox currently. And so by enabling that PC functionality, it gives them a huge target audience. And it, and it fits right into that Microsoft narrative of they want to sell software and services, not hardware. Not, again, not saying they're getting out of hardware, but Microsoft makes their money on software and services primarily.
So, uh, Silent Hero says, uh, shortly after the watch launch, excuse me, shortly after watching the launch event of the Surface Hub 2S, I'm reminded of how the Surface team has set the bar really high on a hardware level. I can't help but wonder if they have any influence or insight on the development of Windows to ensure is it will complement their vision. It would seem obvious with the growth of that division that certainly becomes, uh, it can command attention. So here's nutshell version of that. Surface, uh, which I can't, uh, there's one right back there, Surface laptop, uh, and, well, and the Surface Studio and the Surface Book too. And now that I'm an idiot, I was thinking there was only one behind me. Anyways, uh, the idea is that Surface generally makes really good hardware and that they need an OS to complement it. So it, it's tricky because Surface is over here. Windows development is not even up here anymore. It's down here a little bit because of the reorg recently. And so they are making improvements to the Windows development process. They're putting it into the release preview ring longer. Um, are they going to explicitly develop things for Surface? Yes, they already do to some extent. Some of the pen and inking stuff generated because of uh, how they were building Surface. Will they make a higher quality version of Windows because of it? I don't know if that's true. They're already, already trying to improve the quality. This has been an ongoing issue with Windows 10 in this rapid update. They are getting better and they are starting to really listen. I mean, hell, they're putting paint back. They're giving longer uh, release support cycles. Um, they're slowing down certain things. So they are headed in the right direction. I don't think it's going to become explicitly, uh, we're going to make Windows better because Surface is doing well. Because in the grand scheme of things, Surface is a very small player in the in the PC space. Yes, they do. They sold $1.3 billion worth of hardware. But if you look at somebody like HP, Dell, and all those other guys, they sell a lot more, a lot more. And Microsoft needs Windows to be good for their enterprise customers. And so that, honestly, is the driving factor, is that it has to be good for enterprise because Microsoft makes a ton of money in the enterprise with Windows. Uh, Mr. PKI says, will there be an official name change, name change for the new Chromium-based Edge browser? It looks like someone already took uh, the name Credge. I I asked, I said, are you guys going to ship? I actually asked Joe Belfiore. I said, hey, are you going to ship with the Edge name? And he did not make any hint or indication that they would change the name of the browser. So um, it is my understanding that Edge is going to be the thing going forward. And so I personally call it Edgium. Uh, because Edge and Chromium, whatever. Uh, I, I have not heard that they're going to change the name. I heard that it was contemplated or they at least considered it, but they, Microsoft considers a lot of things, right, at the end of the day. Uh, Drunken Gelt says, what are your thoughts on the strong Nintendo Switch sales? Also, favorite Nintendo console game on said system. So, well, the Switch sales were down a little bit. They weren't, they're not a cliff. Like I said, Nintendo's not in any trouble. Wall Street always pegs the bar up here. Nintendo came in just slightly down here, I believe. And so, um, I, I, Nintendo's fine. Nintendo has a, a great customer base that will buy up everything that they sell. They have great first-party IP. Their online services, not so great. Um, but they're, they're, they're fine. I think Nintendo is a good company, and I think they're, you know, they, they make a good product at the end of the day. My favorite Nintendo console and game of system of all time. Uh, very, very cliche answer. I grew up, um, the Nintendo 64 was probably my favorite console. I, my first console was the Nintendo, the, the classic NES. Um, but a lot of my childhood was spent playing the Nintendo 64 and GoldenEye, uh, running around with odd job and paintball mode and big head mode and unlocking the temple and, and all that good stuff. So I, that has to be it. Um, the Nintendo 64, just from a, a nostalgia perspective. Poncili says, will Cortana skills on Alexa ever be made available outside the USA? I don't know. 
Um, the reason why I say that is Cortana is in this weird place of it exists, but it's not getting a lot of love, if you will. I mean, it, it works on the Surface headphones and the Surface uh, AirPod competitors that they're working on, the Surface Buds, as they call them. Um, they all do support Cortana, but I don't know if it's ever coming to the Amazon device outside the US. That's a licensing thing. It, and the part of me that the pessimist said, uh, part of me says Microsoft doesn't do a very good job of supporting these things outside the US. I mean, look at Bing for. Yeah, Bing doesn't do all that well. Cortana's missing a lot of things outside the U.S., so there you go. Um, Felipe says, Brad, do you think we'll get to see GameCore at E3 this year? So it depends um, because Microsoft, I don't know if Mike, Phil Spencer is going to come out and say, hey, here's GameCore. Um, GameCore is an underlying infrastructure component. It's not really sexy at the end of the day. I mean, this is more something you might see at like the Game Developer Conference than E3 because they what are they going to show for GameCore? They're going to go up there and just show um, some lines of code and some APIs and all that good stuff? No, no. If they show it, it's going to be something more of like, here's a game that runs on a console and on the PC at the same time, and it's one code base. Um, that is how they might show it. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be like a 30-minute segment talking about GameCore. It says, also, do you think that Microsoft will show Xbox Anaconda running Windows Core OS? Um, I believe we are going to... Uh, get a much better look at Anaconda, at least the soft specs, I believe, are on the agenda. I'm not fully convinced on how far and deep and dive, how deep of a dive they're going to go into the next-gen Xbox specs yet. Um, I will tell you that I'm starting to hear more and more about the specs as each day goes on, and I, I've got a pretty good feeling about what they are right now. Um, but I don't know how deep of a dive Phil Spencer is going to go on that next-gen stuff. I hope that they go relatively deep. I, I think they're going to announce very similar stuff to what Sony did because then we can at least, you know, levels the playing field of information. But I don't think they're going to go hog wild and talk about T-flops and all that stuff. They might set potentially a performance benchmark um, where they want to get to, but we may not we may not know the full story. So we're still working on those details because they... It, it, Stuff doesn't just float in, unfortunately. So, all right, guys. Well, that wraps it up for this week. As always, very much appreciate the content and, and comments and everything else and the feedback. Um, you know, I do this for fun, and I, I really enjoy it. Hopefully, you do too. We'll catch you right back here next time.